0: Father, I have never felt the need of you Like I feel the need of you now Standing on the precipice of a new millennium In the midst of a people who are confused, confounded Criticized, ridiculed, held back, pushed down And grasping for all the wrong answers. I ask you to help me tonight. Like Jeremiah walking through the streets of Jerusalem. Help me. Like Isaiah who cried loud. And spared not. Help me. To show your people their transgression. The house of Jacob their sin. Let there be courage. From another world clarity of thought Satan you're bound rendered helpless do that which we cannot do Lord convince us of righteousness in Jesus name Amen You may be seated. I am so thankful to see you all. I believe there are folks here from all 50 states and over 20 nations already. We thank God for you. We're glad you're here. Bishop T.D. Jakes called me just a few hours ago. said the Lord had stirred his heart. And for me to tell you, you're in the right place at the right time. And you're about to hear the right message. I want to say thank you to all the World Harvest Church Ministerial Fellowship Council members, to the elders of this church, to its ministers, to its leadership, to my family. I have never been more clearly aware of my assignment than I am tonight. I didn't come to entertain you. I didn't come to give you a plan of how to get more people in your church. I came to incite a riot. I came to start a revolution. I came to make some of you mad. Because God is mad. With righteous indignation, He looks toward what we commonly refer to as the church. I have never been more acutely aware of why it's taken me 22 years for God to truly bring to bear upon my spirit why he called me why he anointed me why he would raise up a place like this in the middle of the cornfield in the north of the United States far away from the Bible Belt. I have become acutely aware of why There is a World Harvest Bible College and why there is a World Harvest Church and why there is a World Harvest Christian Academy and why there is something called Breakthrough. Why there's a Dominion Camp Meeting. Why a Raise the Standard Pastors and Church Leaders Conference. I have never been more clearly aware of my assignment than I am tonight. And so, whatever you came thinking you were going to see, (laughs) he ain't alive no more. He's a dead man. I have surrendered. To the revelation of my assignment before God. And though I would like your applause, I'm not preaching for it tonight. (laughs) Isaiah 58 12. And they That shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. They shall build up the foundations of many generations. And thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach. The restorer of paths to dwell in. Uh, May I draw your attention just momentarily to that statement. They that shall be of thee. Because I think that it's imperative from the onset of my discourse with you tonight For you to clearly understand that I did not come in here With the delusion that my assignment is to speak to everybody Some of y'all don't even know why you're here Some of you are here because you made a decision to be i'm not talking to you some of you read the brochure and you said well if i can get into that pastor's conference maybe i can learn how to have a little league and maybe i can learn about children's ministry how to have bozo the clown and fufu the dog and maybe i can understand how to make my parking lots more accessible so that i can get more human beings sitting in my pews so that my ego can be stroked and maybe even i Get on Charisma Magazine. Maybe if I went there and handed out enough of my cards, somebody would invite me to preach that would introduce me to somebody that would introduce me to somebody that would introduce me to somebody somebody so that I could feel like somebody. I didn't come looking for preachers who want to feel like somebody. I came trying to find a preacher who don't want to be nobody. I got to find me somebody that if God will answer, here am I, before they find out how much they're going to get paid for it, before they find out if they're going to get to live in Los Angeles, California, or in Honolulu, Hawaii, I've got to find me somebody that don't have to have a new Cadillac. To preach us gospel. Good God Almighty. I got to find me somebody that don't care if God calls them to bushwhack Indiana back in the hills so far that they got to use hoot owls for roosters. I got to find me somebody that don't want to know what the paycheck is and don't even care whether they get one. I got, I got to find me a man. They don't have to have somebody pay his way. Sure. Gotta find me somebody knows how to eat locusts and wild honey. Gotta find me somebody coming down out of the mountain with their face shining like the noonday sun. Gotta find me somebody that don't have to be healed to preach this gospel. Gotta find me somebody that don't care if they got a limp while they're preaching it because they had an encounter with the almighty God. gotta find me somebody that won't tuck tail and run gotta find me somebody that doesn't want to bail out every time things get tough gotta find me somebody that every time somebody come along some pimp come along and offer them a little bigger church in a little bigger city are ready to abandon the sheep they said they were called to pastor i gotta find me somebody Done, size we're gonna be here a while, just get comfortable. I done size some of you all up, you're not who I came to talk to. But somewhere out there, God help me, somewhere out there, there's somebody that said, God, if you call me to 15 people in the backwoods somewhere, I'll be faithful. If nobody ever knows my name, if I don't ever get asked to preach at the big meeting, if I don't ever get a television program, if i am never heard on radio, if nobody ever knows my name, but the 25 people you called me to pastor, I will be found faithful. (laughs) Gotta find me a preacher that's not looking for a business manager. Gotta find me a preacher. Anointed, ordained, gonna find me a preacher. Yes, yes. Their dying breed, yes. men like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who would not bow and could not burn help me find somebody like Stephen that says stone me at midnight and I'll still have a soul gotta find me a man like Daniel that says throw me in the lion's den I'll reckon my position, turn my face toward Jerusalem, offer my prayer to God, and pillow my head in the shaggy mane of the lion and sleep like a baby all night long. I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. The preacher. Yes, 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 yes. The preacher. Not a puppet. Not a pulpiteer with the silvery-tongued eloquence of a great orator. A preacher. Not a teacher spoon-feeding me a little bit of pablum. A preacher. A prophet. An apostle. Could to find me some authority that is based in the bedrock of personal morality. A preacher Just talk somebody to, the man's talking about a preacher. A preacher. The medium upon which the heart of the infinite breaks into language. A preacher. A man through whom the voice of the infinite and his purpose are made to be heard. A preacher. Somebody give me a towel or something. Other (laughs) a preacher, a man through whom the voice of the infinite and his purpose are made to be heard in all the indignation which is proper to its outrage. It's been so long since we've seen one, we don't rightly even know what one look like. But I can tell you one thing, the greatest ones in this nation don't have their face plastered all over television. Most of you have never heard their name. They're sitting somewhere with 150 people, sitting somewhere with 300 people, sitting somewhere with 5,000 people. But ain't nobody knows their name, but they have become the guardians of the souls of humanity. God, I'm about to preach up in this house tonight. I got to hurry, I came to start a revolution, every country and kingdom has been birthed on the battlefield of a revolutionary movement, these crusades have been championed by soldiers and citizens who refuse to be denied in their pursuit, you better hear me good tonight, to take up a cause they believe deserving of even death itself. A revolutionary movement is dependent upon the moral virtue of the people and becomes necessary when the virtue and intelligence or vice and ignorance of the people demand it. At that point, negotiation and compromise become void and a revolution is inevitable. Now the only way for evil to triumph, as it has in America, is for good men to do nothing. And the best men in America are not in politics. And the best men in America are not in education. And the best men in America are not bouncing a round ball up and down a hardwood floor. And the best men in America are not in the seats of science. And the best men in America can be found in one place, in one place only. And that is being faithful to stand behind this sacred desk, receive a word from the infinite almighty God, and deliver it and as of thus saith the Spirit of the Lord. Please sit down. Stop hanging your head, Preacher. Stop being made to feel like some second-class citizen. Stop being made feel by Dr. Dumbbell with enough uh, alphabet after his name to be an alphabet soup. Just just forget about all that stuff, you see, because you've got a hold of something that he will never find. He's always seeking, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. But all the preacher, the preacher deals in the merchandise of absolute truth. He lets nothing turn his plow. He doesn't back up because Dr. Ye-Ye strokes his goatee and his smoke encircles a wreath around his head and says Jesus never lived. It doesn't matter if you only went to the seventh grade. If God called you and put his word in you, you're the smartest man walking this planet. I can you start? Not a preacher yeah. Kingdoms will crumble. Monuments will perish. Societies will collapse! The pyramids will melt away. Governments will topple. Armies will be defeated. But the work of the preacher will stand when the world is dying and the moon is bleeding and the seas are seething under the whiplash of fury to spill their dead in the lap of God. Preacher. Men and women will spend the endless ages of eternity in the bowels of a devil's hell or in the pavilion of the grandeur and the glory of Almighty God based upon your word. They will live or die based upon your life. That's right. Amen. We, the epistles, living epistles, known and read of all men. Uh, and though you shout loud with your words, your life is drowning them out. The reason America has gone as America has gone. Don't you lay it at the feet of some pathetic little politician who got elected because he could kiss more babies than the other guy and shake more hands than the other guy and make more lying promises than the other guy. Don't you blame educators and situational ethics. Don't you blame homosexuals and lesbians and abortion doctors. If you would like to lay an indictment somewhere, let me point it out to you. Lay that indictment at the base of a powerless pulpit. As the preacher goes, so goes the church. As the church goes, so goes the nation. As the nation goes, so goes the world. You want to know why our teenagers are shooting each other? Don't you blame it on Hollywood. Don't you blame it on a video game. Don't you blame it on a rock and roll record. Don't you blame it on a rock and roll singer. Let me tell you why our children are blowing their brains out and shooting one another. Because they have had no gospel. And the reason the church is admired in modern society is the same because it has no gospel. We are accepted in every circle. Presidents call us and Larry King calls us and Newsweek calls us and Time Magazine calls us. Your mayor gives you the key to the city. I got a question for you. How come Paul never got one of them keys? The only key he got was one hanging on a jailer's side as they threw his beaten and battered carcass into the inward prison. we want the keys to the city Paul walked in town he wanted a prison cell there's something amiss here and the reason the church is so accepted the reason they're not throwing dead cats at us anymore Finney preached they threw dead cats at him and you won't preach lest they throw thousand dollar bills at you now i gotta i gotta clear this up i didn't come talk to everybody if i'm not talking to you just use one of my tithing envelopes there and make out your laundry list But I'm going to find me somebody. Before we get out of here tonight, I'm going to find me some preachers. I'm going to grab me some preachers out of being lulled to sleep and rocked to sleep in Zion. And I'm going to shake you and stick you back in a pulpit with the authority that God ordains you with. What are you all staring at me for? The only way for evil to triumph is for preachers to do nothing. But stand up yonder and moan and groan and mess about and deliver some psychological. I wish to God some of you throw your psychology books away and get yourself a Bible. into the condition that we're in in this nation it's because we've had a powerless pulpit for far too long the only way for evil to excel is for good men to do nothing the control of any dictator is directly linked to the endurance of those people whom he oppresses power concedes nothing without a demand A brave man, negligent to his office, is of no more virtue than the coward that deserts in the time of gravest danger. I'm preaching. We're at a point of crisis. You haven't noticed it, but our culture is in chaos. The moral foundations, which were once constructed by the tenants of our faith are crumbling around us with no sign of a cure. We're at a crossroads, a strategic inflection point. (laughs) We're faced with a choice. When complacency exceeds the desire for change The consequence is concession and chaos You better listen with your spirit When complacency exceeds the desire for change I got 300 people and they pay me real well And give me a new car every year Why on earth would I want to say anything That would ever might be interpreted to offend them exceeds your desire for change and the result is concession and chaos but when comfort and contentment no longer pacify the people talk is no longer tolerated and the cry freedom at any cost becomes the catalyst for confrontation and change (laughs) yeah At that point The whole creation begins to groan Under the pressure of giving birth To a revolutionary movement A genuine culture-shaking revival where the moral climate of our cities is changed and the effect is felt like shockwaves throughout the nation. Such a culture-shaking revival was apparent in the early church. Men and women that joined that church became martyrs. Men and women that joined that church became misfits. Men and women that joined that church became socially ostracized. Men and women that joined that church were mocked by the religious elitists of their day. But like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they would not bow and they could not burn. I see the same fires beginning to burn today. I see a glorious church rising out of the blurs of indistinction. I perceive a remnant who will gladly lose their lives for a cause they believe to be greater than themselves. I don't want to be a politician. The cause is not great enough. I don't want to lead a nation. The cause is not great enough. I don't want to be a scientist and create a capsule that can take men to Mars. The cause is not great enough. I don't want to be a heart surgeon and lay the palpitating heart of a dying man in my hands and through skill and knowledge, be able to put it back together, put it back in his chest and show him up and give him another 15 years of life. I'm not looking for an extension on this side of the river. I'm dealing in the merchandise of eternity. Of your manicured nails where is a preacher like Jesus willing to stick their arm and elbow deep into the muck and mire of humanity and extract a helpless hopeless dying destitute soul and give their life for them Paul said I would rather myself be cast into hell than for them not to hear my preaching i don't think we got too many folk ready to go to hell for somebody we can't even get to talk to you without going through 14 secretaries There's no greater drama than a few remnant believers scorned by a succession of adversaries bearing trials with tenacity, multiplying miraculously, building order in chaos, all the while rescuing the despondent, redeeming the downtrodden, and reviving the life of Christ in the hearts of humanity. Oh, they're beaten and battered, but they are not bowed, they are propelled by power. of an inward desire to serve an infallible leader based on absolute truth with irresistible power. Mm -hmm. Remnant preachers. And so I began to be before the Lord. What, What is this thing that you have impregnated me with this Revolution, what does it mean? Now, I'm not the smartest individual, but I can read a dictionary. If I get to some big words I don't understand, just skip over. Shout revolution! No, I didn't say whisper it, I said shout it. what is a revolution and i and and i went to webster's dictionary and and there it was just staring back at me it's real deep so hold on It, it means to revolve i'm gonna hit this and skip and go on is that all right and we might come back to it in the next couple of nights, but I I'm gonna just I'm gonna hit it and skip right now. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. Yeah. 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 And the violent take it by force. But you can't just read the Bible. You have to read the Bible. And you find out in the beginning of the verse that it says words along these lines, from the days of John the Baptist until now. We usually skip right over that. From the days of John the Baptist until now, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force. You cannot befriend your way into imposing Christ's kingdom in your city. See, you want the kingdom to be invited. But the kingdom is not going to be invited The kingdom must be imposed. You don't, man of God, ask your mayor whether he likes it or not. You don't ask the people in your church whether they like it or not. You don't ask your board of directors whether they like it or not. Not if you're a man of God. Not if you're called of God. Not if you're anointed of God. You are God's man hearing God's voice. And let hell be try to distract you from fulfilling that which God has placed within your business. This kingdom doesn't get invited. Would you like to invite the Lord into your heart? No! For that to happen we would have to have the mentality that this world belongs to satan it doesn't belong to satan he's an intruder here he's a squatter and he's on our property we are the church of jesus christ we are the kingdom of almighty god and i defy any devil to try to hold on to territory when god tells me to go and take it I gotta quit and I'm not started. A revolution. What does it mean? From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Paul didn't walk into a city and ask the devil if he would mind moving over. You better hear a preacher. Paul said, I went to Ephesus, here is testimony, and I fought the beast at Ephesus. He didn't say I had a gospel meeting. He didn't say I had a believers meeting. He didn't say I talked to the church. He said, I fought the beast. The devil was an intruder and Paul came to run him off. See, well, I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get me the socioeconomic tables of several cities before I decide where I'm gonna go past. I need to know what is the cost of living. How many days of sunshine there is. You ain't got no word. Stay. Let me tell you. I'm going to tell you the same thing Apostle Paul told John Mark. Go home, baby. Go home, you little snotty-nosed brat. Run back home to your mama. You ain't made of the right stuff yet. This is the way you preach to the Crow Nation. You don't walk in and say, would you all like to accept Jesus? You walk back into that reservation. You plant your feet. You lift up your hands. And you declare, I'm the servant of God. wish I could preach till midnight. This is one time I wish I could preach till midnight. (laughs) Paul said I've done been to Ephesus. I think I move on to Corinth. And you know God's word to him? Be not afraid. See, but you skip over that because I've heard God say to me don't be afraid and the reason he had to say that to me because one knee was smiting against the other I saw what lied ahead I saw the encampment of the adversary I heard their swords clanging out of their seas I have felt the hot breath of the adversary bearing down upon my life I have felt the of imposing this kingdom where it was not wanted by the hordes of hell and I can tell you there was no reason for God to tell him not to fear unless there was something to be afraid of. tell you another thing he said. I've got many in that city now he wasn't like you evangelists some of you can't pay your bills for being on the phone begging somebody to let you come preach whatever happened to the bible saying a man's gift made room for him reason ain't no room for you, you ain't got no gift why don't you wake up used to this. I don't care. Not my job to please you. Not my job to make you feel good. Not my job to increase your self-esteem. Why are we trying to increase the esteem of a self God told us to crucify? I'm gonna make me some preachers in here tonight, God in my help. I'm gonna make me some preachers in here. Say so you would you would interpret that oh there must be a lot of churches there so the evangelist paul will surely increase his mailing list there he will make sure that the pastor will let him have the names off the offering so that he can then beg the people in the mail to increase his he will surely at pastor's conference get a second dose of cards to hand out have to get on national television and beg for a place to come and preach. No, that wasn't what, that wasn't what God was telling Paul. God didn't say, God, God didn't mean there's a lot of churches with steeples and little cookie-cut Christians sitting in there for you to go preach to and fleece. That wasn't what he said at all. In fact, he wasn't even talking about the church. If you read 1 Corinthians, they were already backslidden. He wasn't talking about them when he said, I've got many in that city to that apostle when he was getting ready to go in there and impose the kingdom. You know what he was saying? I've got many. They're not really in yet, but they're mine, and I will have them. They're still sitting out there on a bar stool, but if you go impose the kingdom, I'll get what's mine. God's got many in your city, but they're not in your choir. And stop looking at them from somebody else's church and trying to come up with some program to lure them over to your place. Your proselyter, sit down. We go into you. Got an apostolic anointing in here tonight. I just tell you that right now. You go into a city, you don't start Sunday morning service, you start on, uh, how about, uh, uh, maybe Tuesday night. When ain't nobody else got church and you know it, cause in the back of your mind is, you're gonna try to lure them out of somebody else's church over to yours. That's not the ones he was talking about. He was talking about drug addicts and prostitutes. He was talking about people out playing the lottery. Yes, he was. They were his and he would have them if he could just get somebody to go impose the kingdom. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, no easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day, and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.